We're clear for takeoff. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to your favorite relationship podcast in the entire world, The Kings of the Heart. And it's not just The Kings of the Heart today, because The Kings of the Heart presents the cipher of three. You know what that means? That means it's not just me, Tariq Omari Walton. It's not just Dr. John Hart. But we also have our sister in crime, Miss Weena Cullens. Welcome back, Weena Cullens. How are you doing? Oh, my God. She's back. Hey, hey, y'all. I'm so happy to be back from my world tour. Oh, man, it's great to have you back. Great to see you. Dr. John, how you doing this morning, my brother? I don't want to act like I forgot you. How you doing? Man? Ah, please, please. I'm doing well. I'm excited. We got Sister Weena back. That's oh, right. Oh, man. We need that third voice. be a treat. Man, we needed that third voice, man. I, I was kind of getting tired of hearing your voice all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who you telling me? <laughs> <laughs> you want to talk. Yeah. I heard. I heard that you all needed a little sugar, a little spice, yeah. a little everything. Thing nice. Yeah, that's right. We've been we've been getting requests for that that feminine touch. You know that feminine touch. And you know we call it the kings of the heart, but we're flexible. You know we're flexible. I'm not gonna say we're fluid, but we're flexible. And so here we go. We got Weena Collins with us today. And you know as Weena does, and this is the brilliance of Weena, she takes what we will often just throw out there to talk about and adds her special touch to it because Weena has knowledge, y'all. There's no way that you can get around the amount of knowledge that Miss Weena has. And so a few weeks ago, we talked about, you know, the importance to check out green flags and not just get caught up in the yellow flags that we talked about previous to that or even the red flags that people often talk about. So we talked about green flags. But Weena said, Mm -hmm. let's not just talk about green flags. Let's actually think about what happens when you think that you are actually finding someone with all these green flags but as you get deeper into the relationship realize that those green flags really aren't as sustainable as you thought and so we're going to talk about when green flags go wrong that's where we're going today so Wena, why don't you break it down for us give us a little bit more insight about your thinking and what you've been seeing that led to the the idea of talking about where green flags go wrong Well, of course, I was listening in to part one of the podcast about green flags or green lights, how you know when a person has healthy qualities or characteristics in a relationship. And you all hit a lot of the major areas. You talked about finding someone who's mature, someone who's humble, knows how to apologize or take responsibility when they're wrong, someone who is a good listener, um, people who are considerate and thoughtful. And I thought, yes, but here's the dilemma. So many people are scratching their heads thinking, well, I'm not crazy. Hmm. When I started my relationship, I thought I did all the right things. I waited. I saw those qualities and characteristics in my mate. I thought I was picking someone who was giving me the green light or those green flags. Mm -hmm. And so I can't figure out now why that person has changed 
or why my relationship isn't as fulfilling as it was in the honeymoon phase. So I wanted to talk about that because that's how we end up seeing so many of our clients. They're not crazy. Mm -hmm. They are doing the work. They're trying to find the right person and they think they've identified some good qualities in people sometimes. And they're really scratching their heads because they don't know what to do next. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what do you want to say, Tyree? No, say no. You're right on with that. You're right on that with, with that because I think about some of the clients I've I've had sit down on this couch right here, who said, you know, when we first got together, there were all these things that my mate were doing that showed me okay that they really loved me, that they appreciated me. They were these signs, those green flags that we mentioned before, that I really took to heart and felt okay, this must be the right person. And yes. here we are, you know, 15 yep. years into our marriage, and I realized okay, where those things go, you know, and you find out, hey, sometimes that person may have just been showing you those things in order to, to gain your, your trust and your love, but it wasn't really in them. It's something they were just kind of putting, like putting on that mask, you know, putting on that show for you, but it wasn't really in them. So you see those kind of things, you see those dynamics, you see those kind of things happen. It's like, okay, let's get to the core of this. What's really going on? So I like that. You know, I just heard self-awareness all over that Mm -hmm. because the the thing I thought about was what would cause a person to front or actually do those things up front if they knew that they weren't going to be able to sustain it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people don't even realize that there is a phase at the beginning of a relationship where you just inherently work harder to make your partner happy. I agree. Clinically, we call it the limerence phase, and it lasts anywhere from six months to two years in a relationship. Yeah. Say that again. What, what phase is call it? it? Say that again. The limerence phase. Okay. But most people phase. call it the honeymoon phase. Ah. The honeymoon phase is when things are peachy and rosy, and there's sunshine every day when you wake up, even when it's thunderstorming out, and your partner can do no wrong. And so you bend over backwards to make that person happy. And it doesn't feel like a heavy lift when you're doing it in that honeymoon phase. Mm -hmm. But when the smoke clears and you feel like you can't sustain it anymore, that's when you start to realize, oh, my God, maybe we're not as compatible as we thought we were. Mm. True. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, you you broke it down very well, Sister Weena. And the other thing that I, I always say, my wife jokes uh, about it a lot, is I say, in addition to the limerence phase, there's, you know, people do send the representatives, right? Like, there is something in social psychology around sending your social self. And we're, yeah. we're, we're taught, you actually socialize as, as kids to say, hey, in an interview, and in a, in a, right, there's different scenarios where it calls for you to step up and show certain aspects of yourself so that way you are perceived as likable mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And so why am I bringing this up? Well, even, you know, even to Sister Weena's point, um, there's that notion of dating, right? And that's kind of where you see people wanting to put in the effort, wanting to like present their social self. Right. So, so we can sit down at a restaurant and I can listen all day. And who's to say I am a great listener? But in my mind, I'm calculating and saying, well, I really like this person. And I think, or what I've heard, or what I understand around socialization is it's important to come off as a good listener. 
right? And and I want I I, I want to yeah. be clear. I want to be clear here. I'm not trying to be disingenuous and saying that there's fake people out there, but there is there is research around the whole idea of the social self. And dating is one good example where people will put a little extra oomph and to highlight certain things that may or may not be as natural to them, like listening or communicating. Does that does that make sense? I just wanted to add that Ooh. as well. Yeah, I don't want to go too deep with this because but oh. I've been doing I've been I mean, I want to go deep with what you're saying. But in terms of my thought, um, because I've been doing a lot of reading around um, personality disorders and thinking right. about, you know, right. one of the when you think about you know, antisocial personality disorder and specifically right. think about um, sociopathic, you know, behaviors. One of the qualities that, that of a sociopath is someone who actually mimics emotions, yes. you know? And so how is it possible that the person that you're, you're, you're seeing, they're actually mimicking the emotions that you're putting out. And as time goes on, you realize that that's not genuinely who they are. So I don't want to get too deep into that that train of thought, but that kind of goes along with the the line of thinking that, you know, Dr. John was just kind of laying down. Agreed. You know, we don't want to scare folks into giving everybody the side eye, wondering if, you know, they're (laughs) a serial killer. But, you know, something um, along those lines that you hear a lot in mainstream culture now is, you know, the narcissist who absolutely... Um, learns all of your vulnerabilities. They listen intently to the things that you like. They like what you like. They want to do what you do. And they give you the sense that they are either your knight in shining armor or your fairy princess. And you're like, this is the most amazing relationship. It's a perfect fit Mm -hmm. in the beginning. And then at some point, a switch flips and all of a sudden, you two don't have anything in common anymore and you go, uh-oh, where where did the connection go? Right, yeah. But if you don't know what you're looking for, then you'll miss it. And you'll think that you've identified a person who has a lot in common with you and you're so compatible. And if you're not careful, you'll internalize that as something that you did wrong when in fact that person was preying on you right. a bit. Right. Yeah. Good point. And good it doesn't. Point. And it doesn't help that they're actually telling you that you're the one who's doing wrong. That's also a quality of a narcissist. You know. So you you begin to begin to internalize that and believe it because not only are you observing, but you're also being told, "Oh no, this is about you. This this isn't about me." Yeah. There goes the gaslighting. Right. Mm-hmm. You got it. Yep. You know. John just took it in such a a great direction, and I just have to throw this out there when we talk about meeting our representatives or sending our representatives, um, meeting someone else's representatives. You know, I had someone talk to me about whether or not it was fair for women to enhance themselves so much with hair and eyelashes and makeup. Um, And then when they get comfortable a couple months into the relationship and they take those things off because they just want to relax and be themselves, they look so drastically different that the person that they're dating was initially attracted to that social self that John was Mm -hmm. talking about, Mm -hmm. but their real self is just a 180. What do y'all think about that as men? I mean, Brother Rick, you want to go first? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants you to touch word. that with a just chip throw, throw it over me like that, right? Just toss the ball to me, right? Let me run with it. Um, yeah, that is problematic. That is problematic. I think, you know, 
we all kind of fall into that in different ways. You know, in terms of how we present ourselves, the clothes we wear, the mm-hmm. cologne we put on, yeah. the makeup we wear. Guys do you know, it too, yeah. The, the, our haircuts, yeah. all those things. We all do it. Um, working out, you know. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're fit now, but is that who, who you really are? You're only yeah. doing that to enhance who you, who, you know, who, what you look like right now. So I think that's a game that we all play that goes right into what Dr. John was saying in order to make ourselves more appealing. You know, and that's what we all do. So you can't be, you really can't be mad at somebody when all those layers fall off. And they're like, yo, who are you? That's not, that's, this isn't what I signed up for. That's not the face that I remember when I met you five days ago, you know? So you really can't be upset with somebody for doing that. And it's funny because people say, well, this is who I really am. You know, you need to accept me for who I really am. Well, if this is who you really are, why did you have to send out that representative? Up front, there you, go. you know, right? There you but you know, go. what right. was behind that? Were you not secure enough in yourself to be who you are up front to, to, in order to still be appealing? And now you're showing this, thinking that, okay, you already have me, and I, I'm supposed to just stick with it. So that is a little problematic, but again, we all do that in some way or another. Yeah. Mm. yeah. How about you, John? What do you think, John? Since you want to throw it at me, what do you think, Dr. John? <laughs> Well, no, I, I, I think it's a couple of things. One, I definitely agree with you. Um, I think everybody does it, right? So that's why I didn't say, you know, I didn't even break it down into gender. I mean, we all send our social selves. Mm-hmm. It's it's an important way of um, presenting yourself and men do it. Um, Reek even had me laughing when he talked about even like the haircuts. I've known brothers who literally leave the barbershop straight to the uh, date because yeah. it's sharp, it's crisp, right. you know what I mean? So we, we all do it um, to a certain extent, right? Um, but to Sister Zwina's point, um, I, I'm also thinking, and, and, and Brother Reek kind of touched on this as well, it's part of the game. I think what's more important about Weena's comment and conversation is about, okay, how comfortable over time are you both going to be to start talking about the vulnerabilities, whether it's, you know, taking your hair out or whatever it is, or, yeah, I, I really don't work out every other day, like I told you. You know what I mean? Like, they're, 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 that, that's vulnerability. To me, that, that speaks more about the connection than about the superficial aspects because we all played the game. There's mm-hmm. layers to us, right? Right, right. But what, what more so comes to my mind is to kind of, I don't want to invalidate someone feeling like they're bamboozled, but you played too. And part of it, like, let's focus on what part of you is being triggered by this facade or however, you know, the person. You're lying to me. You're lying. It's a lie. Right. It's all a lie. Right. So if it's so, <laughs> that's if the it's truth. Lie, you're lying to me. Right. If that is not lie, your face. That is not your hair. Well, the funny that thing is not about your beard. Is, you see, well, 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 the funny thing about it is I don't think you want me to be you don't want to be like my client, because then I'll start exposing you that you showed up this way and you showed up that way. Mm-hmm. You see, it's part of the game. You cannot right. hyper focus when everyone's playing the game. But in terms of actually connecting, I want to fall back on Wiener's point. I think it's more so about connecting and vulnerability. And 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 if we're not having those conversations, mm-hmm. right, are you going to judge? So my whole thing is like, OK, you have the conversation. What are you going to say? Well, I feel like you lied to me. But what if the person internally is still the same, but it's just that those physical features are just reorganized or are managed in a different way, right? So we're like, what does that say? Right. What about that connection? Because if you fell in love with the person of like, then that's a superficial thing, then we actually have a bigger problem. You fell in love with like the fantasy of the person, but what about the Which happens all the time. The it does, mm-hmm. right? I mean, so I'll stop there. I mean, but those are a couple of my reactions to like what Sister Wiener was bringing up. Right. 
This is right in line with the the topic. We're talking about green flags and what happens when green flags somehow look like they're going wrong. Right. You pick someone and they're your dream person or they have the qualities that you've been looking for all your life. And then slowly but surely they start to ebb away mm -hmm. <laughs> into the sunset and you go, what is going on here? Um, I'm thinking about this idea of uh, being too nice. Mm. Uh, someone close to me was speaking to a woman who recently commented that it's so hard to find good men out here, but then talked about how she had to let her last partner go because he was just too nice. How would you define that? How would you define yeah. what too nice was? Yeah. yeah. Well, this, have you heard, you know, that nice guys finish last, and, you know, guys who don't have a certain edge or a certain swag sometimes have a hard time holding on to women or getting into long-term relationships. Mm -hmm. And it feels completely incongruent right. in today's society because you have this whole other camp That's of it. people who are That's saying, it. I just want to find a nice go. guy. There we go. There we go. Right. If I could just find someone who wants to take walks and who wants to hold my hand, who wants to meet my mom, somebody you who... You can't make this stuff up, people. <laughs> yeah. You cannot make this yeah. stuff up. What's Sister Weena is right. It's incongruent. Yeah. So who wants to spoon? Who wants to, you know, watch uh, Sex in the City reruns with me? I'm just going to go there, right? Uh, you hear that all the time. Mm -hmm. But then I know for a fact that there are some women who really struggle in relationships with men who they believe are too soft. Right. Yeah. Right. So or too compromising. Uh huh. Right. I, I just, I just want him to put me in my place sometimes. Yep. Right. Like, right. Exactly. I, I've heard that. I just right. want him sometimes to put me in my place. Okay. Right. They right. want, so, they, they want all those, those, those more softer qualities, but they also want that more toxic masculinity quality too. They want that, that blend. You know, they're expecting somebody. I can't. I've seen so many memes about you know people who want. Um, or yeah. women who want that guy who's you know um, doing all those things that Weena just stated, but also is a you know a thug in the streets. You know, so it's like you want that balance of you know super intellectual, super affectionate, you know, but fights yes. all the time. Yes, it's like uh. no, nope. So now that I I threw it out there, mm -hmm. let me rep for my women. Let me set y'all straight real quick. Mm -hmm. Actually, you have a lot of successful, powerful women. Uh, alpha females and quiet alpha females and all day alpha females are making decisions they're calling the shots and they're in control and they're responsible for a lot of people and a lot of resources I think that to the larger point what some women are saying is that when they get home they would love to not have to be the CEO of the right. home as well right they would love to actually have a partner, whether male or female, who is able to take charge and to make some of the decisions and actually help them feel like they can step out of that role mm -hmm. and actually be a co-pilot or a passenger instead of the person that's always in the driver's seat. Right. But when you see, when I hear that too, it makes me think, do you know how to step out of that role? When you come yes. home, even if you have someone there that can genuinely do all those things that you just stated 
Do you know how to let go and allow them to do that? Do things have to be yes. done in such a specific way? Or I agree. A, be, yeah, go ahead. because because be, yeah, and that's what I was gonna say too. And and that is when because when you use the term alpha, there's certain profiles that fall under that, and one of that is going to be type A folks. These are folks who like it their way. They've been reinforced by success. Mm-hmm. Using Weena's word, they're tremendously yes. successful. So they didn't in their mind. It's actually ingrained. And so I totally agree with Brother Reek, which is I don't I don't want to undermine what Sister Weena is saying, but when you think of it contextually we even see this in men it's like can you turn that ceo button off right and 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 i'm bringing back what sister weena said like a, a while ago and also even when you're dating are you what what's the profile of person that you're looking for because that's quite the combination to find someone who will be able to literally turn on and off mm. based on when you are turning on and off <laughs> yes right. come on now right 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 now we're having a discussion and we're talking about what's realistic And what's unrealistic (laughs) Mm -hmm. as we even unpack green lights and green flags and healthy relationships. Mm -hmm. That's such an amazing point that a person would have to be so in sync and so flexible as you two claim to be at the start of today's show where they would be able (laughs) to vibe with you. And when you don't feel like being in control, they feel like being in charge. Mm -hmm. And when you feel like being nurtured and you feel like cuddling and being Mm -hmm. soft, they feel like giving you that and they know how to access both sides of that that coin. Right. So that's a tall order. Right. But I I think, you know, the key to that, too, is that communication, being able Mm -hmm. to communicate that, you know, making sure that how you're feeling you are articulating that in a way that your mate's going to receive it so they know where you are. So you may come home and say, you know what, today I just can't handle all that. Would you mind picking this up? They could say, you know, I'm not there either, you know, so it's just going to fall. Or they can say, you know what, no problem, I can step into this role. But you have to be very, you know, um, assertive in what's going on with you so that the other person understands and they even again if even if they're not feeling it they may be willing to step into that because they recognize you just can't do it right now yeah to make sure that you know we're closing the circle and making it clear we're talking about uh when people believe that someone is too nice Mm -hmm. Uh, They're not uh, able to step up and have that authoritative energy. Mm -hmm. Sometimes relationships falter. They decide something about this relationship just doesn't get me going. I can't I can't get the juices flowing because this person, they're missing an edge Mm -hmm. that I feel I need that would keep me engaged and really attracted on a certain level. Right. In the relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an it even, even a mystery, mysterious, yeah. you know, something there, right? Something that's, you know, you can't always predict. I think it's that predictability. You know, when you look at someone who's really, you know, you consider to be really nice, their niceness is predictable. And you hear people complain about, you know, they're so predictable. I can, I, I know what they're going to do before they do it. And there's no surprises. Well, right. let's, let's help folks out a little bit. Esther Burrell, a uh, fellow marriage and family therapist, world-renowned, talks a lot about domesticity and eroticism. Mm -hmm. She talks Mm -hmm. about how Mm -hmm. to keep a long-term relationship spicy and intriguing, you have to be very careful about how familiar it becomes. Right. 
often we crave that familiarity and the comfort that comes from knowing a person intimately and routinely. But when a person stops growing or they stop doing things that make you curious about them and the relationship becomes too routine and too predictable, then it loses the eroticism. Mm -hmm. And so many couples struggle with continuously engaging in a spicy sex life because over time, you know all the moves. It's always going to start the same way. Or you even start to skip the foreplay and the pieces that made you feel so attracted to it in the beginning phases. So that's exactly what I wanted to talk about today, that we can talk on the surface about maturity and someone who has integrity and someone who's a promise keeper and is a good listener and a good communicator. But when you even find that relationship with a person who has about 80% of the qualities that you like and the 20% that's annoying, you're like, "Eh, I'll get over it. Mm -hmm. What happens when it still starts to feel and look dull? Mm -hmm. And what we're saying now is that you have to continue to evolve. You have to continue to be interesting. It is not an option to get on the couch and become a couch potato or shrivel up and die at your job and not (laughs) challenge yourself or push yourself to continue to be interesting. And for some people, they don't realize that once you get in the relationship, that's when the work starts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. well said. Yeah. I think that's really well said. And I think the uh, another thing to add to that, because I see this a lot with the couples that I've worked with over the years, and that is um, the I, I love I love Sister Weena's word around evolve. And I think it's such a pertinent word to use because I think about um, and I reflect on like how couples have reacted to such a word right there are folks who are very open and receptive to evolving they are i've had clients who are like oh my gosh i didn't know this about myself i'm starting to learn blah 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 Mm -hmm. i'm reading i'm doing right and then sometimes not all but sometimes they're situated with partners who were just like uh, i don't really get it kind of like doing the same thing Mm -hmm. um yeah it's too much effort you know you start hearing all kinds of um, discrepancies between the both of them around just evolving. So I really wanted to underscore what Sister Wiener was saying because like that in and of itself does speak to the the balance of the, you know, domestication and the eroticism, right? Is that because some people want to keep running the same play. Yeah. And, and for some reason, let's also be fair, you know, let's, let's be equitable here. It's, it's crazy because some folks can run the same play and still find that pleasure over and over again it's just messed yes. up that they're in a relationship with someone who sometimes evolves or has evolved where their threshold has now increased and they need more and right. so what do we do and so i really appreciate that sister Wien. i mean like that evolved part there's something there right isn't that what we're talking about today we're getting at the complicated part of love where you thought you picked a person that was going to be headed in the same direction at the same pace as you. And Dr. John, you're talking about how you start off in the same direction and then the person goes, right, we're compatible. 
but then the pace is so yeah. different. And yep. if you don't know how to talk about that or what to look for, you'll miss it. Yeah. You'll miss it because the person is right where you want them to be at the start of the growing relationship. And you can see the potential or they feel like they're going to be a person who's ambitious and they're going to want to evolve. And they may even give you indicators that they want to evolve. Mm -hmm. And then something happens along the way and they stop evolving in the ways that you want them to evolve. What about devolving? What about those green flags where, you know, they were really intense at first, but then they kind of devolve as the relationship goes on. I'm thinking specifically about listening, about listening. How you may have met someone who you, at the beginning of your relationship, thought was a wonderful listener. You had great conversations. You could talk about anything. You would talk for hours on the phone. And you know now you're deeper into a relationship, and you realize that your, your mate isn't sharing as much with you as they used to. Or they're sure. not talking at all. Or they, they shut down all the time. You know, talk about that a little bit. When you see those green flags that are starting to devolve, where people aren't actually doing those things, same things in the same way anymore, particularly around listening. What have you guys seen with your clients when it comes to that listening falling off? It's so many different causes for that. I, that I was we can, say, yeah. yeah, we can <laughs> just say, yeah. start somewhere. Uh, Let me start with the relationship dynamic cause. Yeah. Okay. Some partners could still be good active listeners But because of some injury that's happened between them and their partner, they have chosen to tune out. Give an example. What would be an injury that could cause that? In the beginning, your talkative partner was cute to you. (laughs) They shared everything with you. They talked a lot. And this is going to kind of go into this idea of rebounding and overcorrecting for past relationships. And then over time, your capacity to listen, it seems to be lower. And you start thinking, my partner is an oversharer. They actually (laughs) talk too much. And they flood me with information sometimes. Mm. Flooding is when you have a lot that you want to share and you share it back to back to back without even giving your partner an opportunity to jump in and get a point. Catch your breath, please. Just catch your breath. And this happens when you're passionate about a topic and it really happens when you're in an argument or a conflict with your partner. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If you're a person that holds on to things By the time you confront an issue, you may have three or four examples to back up your point about what you're saying. And if you go guns blazing in the conversation, you talk for 10 straight minutes about something. Don't be surprised if when you finally come up for air, your partner doesn't even know where to dig in. (laughs) A good point. And it can look like they're, they're not listening to you anymore. And they may have tuned out at some point, but it's really that you've given them so much material that they feel attacked, Mm -hmm. bombarded with information. And so to combat that, they just tune out because they don't have the capacity to listen to all the things that you share without it being an actual conversation, which requires two people 
talking one after the other, taking turns. Dialogue. Okay, dialogue. Not monologues, dialogue. Dialogue. What do you think, Dr. John? Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with uh, with Sister Weena around, like, the relationship dynamic. I also have seen, um, you know, when thinking about the devolving piece, um, some people um, just, I guess, naturally, whether in the context of their relationship or just in general, it seems like some people... Uh, over time, their their capacity and their attention span even starts to wane. Mm-hmm. So it may not be, sure. be like specifically geared to your partner. But I, I've had honest conversations with certain folks who were like, yeah, back in the day, I was I was a better listener, but it wasn't because like I cared more for that person than I do my actual spouse. But I think there's other things that go on and on. Right. Like one good example is like uh, depending on people's like work. You know, some people are, to Wena's point, some people are flooded all day. So their capacity, if you're that stuck would in be that us. job. <laughs> that yeah, was the right. same exact thing, It's like your capacity over time, it gets shorter and shorter because the volume of what you're experiencing causes yeah. you to, to the, the body, right? The body has to help you and it protects you. And so it says, okay, we got to go a little bit shorter. So that way we can give you more space. And the reason why that's important is because it's not so much to the devolving part with brother. It's not so much like a, um, like a hardcore flaw, but I, I wanted to just contextualize a little bit from an individual standpoint that some people do just naturally, their capacity starts to wane. Whereas in the opposite direction, some people's capacity starts to spiral, right? A good example would be like someone who is so energetic about their ev- evolution starts to take up way more space, mm-hmm. right? These are people who are like, I want to tell you about this new book that I read. And then they're going <laughs> to yeah. lecture you about the whole book. <laughs> they tell you the whole book, right? The whole book. And you're like, I get you're happy and I get your right, but the energy is so much you're sucking out space. That's where the yeah. relationship part where Wiener was talking about, like you start to suck up space. And so the other person who technically is probably waning in their own way, they're like, what's the point of me talking? I'm not going to say anything. And then when they're stopped talking, it's like that exhausted me. Right. So there may be some individual factors here mm-hmm. in addition to the relationship dynamics that Sister Wiener was highlighting. Right. Kind of piggybacking on both what you guys were saying. When you get to that point where you're with someone who's an oversharer or someone who talks too much, that you can be exhausted by. You are drained by the conversation. And so you get to a point where you don't even want to share anymore. You know, you've we yes. come home and you've told me about, you know, your eight hour day for two hours. Guess what? I, I don't want to talk anymore. So I'm not going to talk about my day. You know, and you hear guys say this a lot that, you know, she comes home. It's not that I don't care about her, but I don't really care about her job that much. To have to sit there and listen to the entire thing, or, or, it's, or it's the same story over and over. Right, I've right, heard. <laughs> right. You know, you keep talking about the same people, and the same problems every day. Nothing has changed. So why do you keep telling me the same thing? Um, so you know, you, you have the boredom factor, but you also have look at you know, I'm exhausted by your conversation, and not just the topic that you're talking about, right. it's the but the way, but the, the way that you're actually presenting it. You know, going back to what Wiener was saying earlier, those people who go from topic to topic, they don't pause, they don't take a break, they don't give you a chance to ask a question or add a thought, that can be draining. That's a lot of tracking. That's a whole lot of tracking, especially if you're not trained. We're trained for that. Right. But just the normal average human being who's not trained to track that well will be exhausted by easily. You know, and let's not even talk about those those people who are um, sharers who do the um what's it called when you're the, the um your stream brain of consciousness? stream of consciousness oh my you know God. so they're so they're processing their thoughts while they're talking to you and they want you to follow 
them through the entire thing. The the the, the infamous run on sentence. Oh my right? god! All right, all right, all right. I feel like somehow you all are talking about women who talk too much. So let me jump on this. No, really no, 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 I, no. I've no, seen no. I've seen guys I, do it I, too. I got, I got male clients who do that. I know. Yeah, it, I know. It's it's all over the place. But it's a matter of just recognizing as a person sharing how much are you sharing. You know, making sure that when you are talking, and this is getting into, you know, how you can change this a little bit. If you recognize that your mate is kind of pulling away, shutting down, not sharing, consider the way that you share. Are you oversharing? You would have to to slow down, though, to be able to pick up on those cues, correct? Well, I mean, if you're coming to us to complain about, like, well, they don't don't listen to us anymore. Well, (laughs) obviously, you're aware that something's happening, that the, the relationship dynamic is changing. So when you see yeah. that happen, you kind of have to reflect, what am, what may I be doing that's causing them to pull away? And so, hey, you might have to limit what you say to 15 minutes as opposed to two hours. You may have to take more time to think about, okay, what are the most salient points about what happened today that I want to share so that I'm not bombarding them? I'm not flooding them with more information than they need to know. No, right. So these are things that you may need to do in terms of your own process yeah. as you're sharing to make sure that your partner goes back to being the, the active listener that they were when you first met. I want to drop this gem, though. Hit because us. Do it, Wiener. Trying, do it. I, I'm about to do it. Do that, girl. We are trying to help people who are really scratching their heads around what happened to my good relationship, my right. green light relationship. Right. And on this point... Often people make the mistake in that honeymoon phase of thinking their partner is a good talker and listener, because in that phase, you have a lot to talk about. You have a lot of getting to know to do between each other. So I'll have a client say to me, he talked so much in the beginning and we had these hours long conversations and it felt like it was going to be easy to pull information out of him or her. But now on the day to day, they're not talking. When I try to ask about work or I try to ask about interests of friends, the answers are so short. And that's a easy misconception. Sometimes it's easy to talk about your past and your history, but when you get all of that current and behind you, you may discover that the person that you chose really isn't into the minutia. Mm -hmm. They never were a good talker about what's going on at work or their daily life. They don't even believe in bringing that home. So you made the mistake of thinking that when you were getting to know them, the way they were able to talk about history is the way they're able to communicate in real time and for the future. Right. Making yeah. sense? Oh, 100%. No, I, I, think, I think that makes a ton of sense. And I, and I, as you were breaking it down, Sister Weena, I mean, that played out in my mind in so many sessions that I've sat through where you can hear that theme that you're discussing play itself out in the conversation and 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 i'm also wondering if i could just kind of ask even for the sake of our listeners and like so what's what's that about right is is it a personal problem is it a i mean like what do you think or how do you think we get trapped in that way for us to assume that 
what we what we were experiencing during the honeymoon phase where mm-hmm. we kind of where where you know uh, um our minds are playing tricks on us like oh my gosh you're such a great listener but to your point it's but you weren't really truly dissecting the minutiae of how that person truly was and how they truly have always in their lives before meeting you communicated. So you spun it away and now you're confused because you don't see that anymore. And I mean, I, I just love it. I'm just kind of curious, like, what do you think is going on there? Like for our listeners to kind of understand, is it an individual problem? Do you think we, we don't want to see what we're seeing, right? Like we talk about that all the time where we want to overlook these flags, right? Red flags, yellow flags, right. or whatever. But what do you right. think that's about? What about hope? I- um, I'm sorry, but maybe it's hope. Maybe you're just being hopeful. Yeah. Maybe I mean, you're just I'm just thinking, curious. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think a lot of us, when we start new relationships, especially if we're coming out of um, ones that were very draining and not very productive, we're very hopeful. And so this new person that we're with, when we see these green flags, especially if we recognize that our past mate lacked these flags, yeah. you know, now, now we are yeah. very hopeful yeah. that they will maintain this. We're hoping that what we're seeing is genuine. And we're not really seeing the flags to say that they're not. And again, because you're learning, there's so many elements that go into learning about a person in a new relationship, you may not be as nuanced. You know, there are things that you're picking up on. Right. And you're saying you're kind of just like, okay, let me put that in the back of my head. Okay, that makes sense. That's good. Let me put that in the back of my head. That it's not until you get deeper into a relationship, you realize, okay, that's not what I thought it was. And so I don't think we yeah. they're, they're necessarily being blind to it or ignoring things. They're just being hopeful and taking account, taking like a small account of what it is. And so when they move forward, that's when their eyes are more open to it because they're much more involved, much more invested, and it's much more apparent to them. I'm sorry. Absolutely spot on. I was just going to sing your praises because oh, thank that, you. It's so, yes. rare. It's so, so rare, but I'll <laughs> take it right now. Thank you, Wendy. Thank you. <laughs> that is exactly what we want to get into today. We want to talk about how even in past relationships, when you notice some things that you don't like about a person, it is quite likely that in your next relationship, you may overcorrect for that. You may find someone who's on the opposite end of the spectrum because you were so disenchanted and so frustrated and turned off by what you endured in the last relationship. But I always tell couples at the outset of couples therapy, the things that you initially love about a person are the things that will ultimately drive you crazy about them if done in excess. Yes. So yes. if a couple I comes agree. in I agree. and, and a, a partner tells me of their partner that they're just so spontaneous and it's so exciting that, you know, they came into my life and I was pretty rigid, but sometimes they just fly by the seat of their pants. And, you know, we have done some really amazingly spontaneous things that, but six months later, that spontaneity doesn't work so well when you need to pay the bills on time. They kind of fly by the seat of their pants in other aspects of the relationship. And I don't love that we can't make a plan because they want to wait till the last minute and decide that we're going such and such, but now we have a baby. And so you're actually going to need to make a plan for that. This is what we're dealing with, right? Mm -hmm. That's so true. So true. So true. I, I, I appreciate that because when you were talking, I was also thinking, and that was a great example that, that's what makes everything what we're talking about very complicated is that if and when you overcorrect 
what ends up happening, and I love what Brother Reek was saying about hope, is you can be, if you were in a really crappy uh, relationship where the communication was really piss poor, then it only makes sense when you come across someone who you perceive as an amazing communicator, you're right, you're gonna feel very hopeful. It's actually gonna feel refreshing. Oh my yes. gosh, right? You see, you even hear on the day, it's so refreshing to like finally meet someone. Yeah. Who right? yeah. You hear that. But I also love what Sister Weena said because that's how I think as well. And that is, we all have to hold ourselves accountable because though that person um, is presenting as a great communicator compared to your last relationship, you yes. also have to acknowledge that there are other things that they're going to be bringing that you probably are not going to like, and it's probably going to be really un- incompatible. So it's it's a very fine line of how do we balance our needs, right? Which is why we should always be very conscious of our needs. But I do love this conversation about, around overcorrectness because, and, right. and I don't, I, I'm speculating. I'm not saying it is, but I also... Weena's point also has me thinking, do we sometimes overcorrect on one thing or is it a bunch of things? Because that's where I'm also getting at oh, around yeah. the nuance. If you meaning again, go to my example. If you overcorrect because you was in a poor communication relationship, now you feel like you found someone who is an amazing communicator. What if they're not as good in bed? Yeah. Compared to you, you see right. what I mean? Like, right. like, like or that's, six that's, months down the road, you're like, I used to love the sound of your voice because you communicate all the time. And now you communicate all, all the time. All the time. The time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, right? Yeah. I mean, it's wild. Or even that, you know, you're looking for somebody who's a complete opposite of who you were with before. And you forget about those good qualities that the other person had. You forget about those Correct. green flags that they had. And now you're, you're, you're ignoring Correct. that in the next person, only looking exactly. for the thing that they were missing. They were missing. There right. we go. Like, that's the other part. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the funny, when you guys talk about this, the thing that my mind goes to is um, emotions and emotional expression. You know, have you mm-hmm. had clients where someone will say, well, in my last relationship, my mate wasn't very emotional. They weren't very emotionally expressive. And so I met somebody who seemed to be very expressive with their emotions. They shared their emotions very freely. And now here mm-hmm. it is six months down the line and their emotions are always running. Their their emotional expression mm-hmm. is so, you know, bombastic it takes up so much space right right and so you went from they're too nice (laughs) yeah right they go go back to too nice nice person right right? they're too nice they're always you know talking about feelings and you know they want to talk about when i've hurt their feelings and i'm not sure if i want to be accountable for hurting a nice person's feelings (laughs) right exactly exactly so yeah that goes right in line with that that overcorrection right in line with the overcorrection and so what do you yeah go go ahead i want to like land my plane because i threw this topic out there about getting really deep into the weeds about green flags it's not enough to say you're looking for someone who's honest and kind to all woodland creatures and you know helps their mom on sundays and is a great communicator We cannot stop there when we have this discussion about what are healthy qualities and characteristics of a relationship. You need to be looking for how these dynamics may evolve over time. And you have to be very careful when you're talking to a potential mate about who they not only are, but who they intend to be. And it's still a risk after that. (laughs) Thank you. Right. 100%. I mean, Look, you guys, 
Hey, we got to wrap it up. Great discussion. Great having we in the back. Oh, girl, we miss you so much. So much. And do we, do we. But we got to have you back more often. That's Cypher. Right. But Cypher has Come to be on here. Now. But look at before we wrap up, why don't you guys hit us with the noble truths? What are your noble truths for this week? Dr. John, start us off. Pass the mic, yeah. Go ahead, Dr. John. What's your noble truth for this week? Um, I I I don't want to just like kind of steal like I, I really just want to underscore what Sister Weena said and that is um, try to be as critical and nuanced when dating or even in the beginning parts of your relationship because that person is very nuanced and you are nuanced and I love what you said give it time and do not assume what you are seeing in the beginning will last forever so I just want to like stress that sorry Sister Weena I mean it was so well said and I think that's one of the biggest points about today's combo did Dr. That's John just here. steal did he just steal your no truth <laughs> no, he steal, he he right. <laughs> <laughs> now you gotta think we of a new should one. be in agreement what, what's, your, what's, your, what's your new one now what's your, what's your noble truth Dr. Dr. oh Ms. no 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 we're wrapping up I feel like I landed my plane nah. before the, the dope music dropped so <laughs> I mean just take it away yeah. um, when it comes to my noble truth for this week you want again recognize that people do change people do evolve in their relationships and so those things where that you that you thought were green flags earlier may seem less intense as someone changes and grows there may be things that they're no longer doing because it's just not part of who they are anymore they've grown past it correct you know and so don't hold on to that place it you know (laughs) what's the word i'm looking for um compartmentalize those feelings situated appropriately right right? exactly exactly over time you know it's not the end of the relationship correct no it's just it's just an evolution so respect that evolution have a conversation about the things that you feel like are missing now and work towards incorporating those back in a different way so that you're both feeling fulfilled by what's going on Man, that's deep. I think we saved a lot of marriages today. I don't know what else to say. Yeah, I, I'm not even say. joking. I, I mean, there is too. Like I, this was dope. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we do. That's what we do. That's what we do as a cipher three. You know, you can't ignore it. All right, guys. Weena Collins, please tell the people where they can find out more about you and what you are doing now. Go to my website, www.weenacullins.com, W-E-E-N-A-C-U-L-L-I-N-S, or follow me on social media at Weena Cullins, L-C-N-F-T, stands for Licensed Clinical American Family Therapist. Yo, what about you, Dr. John? What you got for the people? www.kingsofthehard.com come show us love we got a lot of stuff brewing for the upcoming fall so we're excited about that uh, feel free to also check me out at uh, rccnown.com as well uh, Dr. John Hart licensed clinical marriage and family therapist Brother Reek where can we find you? Well you know you can find me at kingsoftheheart.com just right there next to Dr. John Hart you can yeah, also yeah, find yeah. me at TyrikoMariWalton.com and on all social media platforms as Tariko Mari or Tariko Mari Walton. And you can also check out Kings of the Heart on all your favorite streaming platforms. We are all over the world. All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed today's show. We look forward to hearing from you. If you have any questions, any comments, please give us a call at 240-232-6505. Again, that's 240-232-6505. Leave a message for us. We may not call you back, but we may address what you're asking on one of our future podcasts. All right? Everyone, you guys have a wonderful week, and we will see you next time. Peace. Peace.